Today on Locked on Mariners, the host fails to come up with anything funny for the cold open, so he wastes the first 10 seconds of the show. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Week is more than halfway done, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday afternoon, and I am D.C. Lundberg welcoming you to yet another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by The Locker Room. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Very easy to do. All you gotta do is say, hey smart device, play Locked On Mariners podcast, play Locked On anything podcast, any of the programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yesterday's game, last night's game rather, was uh, rather frustrating. Marco Gonzalez had cut pretty tough first inning second inning was better but still not great his location was off particularly in the first not necessarily with the base on balls but he caught way too much of the plate with his pitches rather than pitching up and down inside and out he was more near the middle of the plate than he wanted to be than he intended and he got hit the subsequent innings were were better but he only winds up going four innings giving up five hits total four runs they were all earned one walk a home run run and two strikeouts 71 pitches for Marco he is still not stretched out after coming back off or coming off the disabled list rather and the target was about 70 pitches and he was only able to last four innings because of that Yaxel Rios uh, relieved him and he was remarkably unimpressive this is the first chance I had to watch him, and he did not look good. One inning pitched, three hits, one run. I'm amazed he didn't walk anybody. He throws hard, but he's got location problems, however. If not for all the injuries to the pitching staff, he wouldn't even be in the Mariners organization. They had to acquire him for depth, and <laughs> he's just hes not a major league pitcher, gang. He's got the stuff. He's got the fastball does not have the command he needs to be an effective arm in the major leagues. Kendall Graveman is on a rehab assignment with the Tacoma Rainiers. That was announced yesterday. Hopefully some of these pitchers that are at the major league level with the Mariners will be able to go back to AAA when some of the more reliable arms are able to come back. Chief among them, Mr. Graveman, who was absolutely lights out before going on the disabled list. And it was also another bad day for the Mariner offense as far as I'm concerned. They had runners on base most of the game, but they couldn't finish anything really. They couldn't cash it in. Four hits, pardon me, eight hits and four walks. Ty Frant was hit by two pitches. They had the bases loaded with no one out in the eighth inning, and they only were able to cash in two runs because of a double play. They left nine men stranded. Tigers only left six, and I think that was the difference in the ball game. Also, the first inning from Marco Gonzalez. If he, if he pitched a little bit better, if he had his command, then it would be a different story. But I think the real story here is the fact that the Mariners did leave nine men on base at the end of innings, while the Tigers only left six, and the Tigers win by two runs. The Mariners were two for 12 with runners in scoring position, but they also ran into a little bad luck. There were two great rangy plays in the outfield by Akil Badu in left field and Derek Hill in center. Both of those outs 
could have easily been base hits, if not extra base hits. There was also a great double play turned in by third baseman Isaac Paredes on a sharp line drive. I believe it was after France had been hit with the pitch. He was on first, and I don't remember who hit the ball, but it was a sharp line drive and uh, Paredes caught it very quickly, threw on to first base, about as quickly as humanly possible, and France was not able to get back to the bag. It was close, but the Mariners did not challenge the play, and the double play stood. Frustrating game overall, the offensive ineptitude, the bad luck also that the offense ran into, and also Marco's control problems in the first couple of innings. Yeah, what can you do, gang? Chris Flexen versus Casey Mize this afternoon. Mize did face the Mariners back in Seattle during the previous series, and we're going to talk more about that pitching matchup at the end of the show. And coming up in the next couple of segments, we're going to continue talking a little bit about this game, and I will also be singing the praises of J.P. Crawford. But right now we have the trivia corner and this hall pass. This gentleman enjoyed a 16-year major league career as a corner outfielder in the 1970s and 80s. He posted a 298, 352, 502 slash line. He hit 373 doubles and 382 home runs. 1,451 runs batted in. He led the league in hits once, in triples once, in home runs three times, in RBI twice, and in total bases four times. He struck out a lot for the era, however. Today would be considered average or even a little better than average. He was an eight-time All-Star, a two-time Silver Slugger. He has one MVP award and received MVP votes in three other seasons, including two third-place finishes. Do you out there in podcast land think those are Hall of Fame credentials? I will tell you exactly who that is after this word from the locker room. This episode is brought to you by The Locker Room. As I just mentioned, Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting Locker Rooms for Locked on Mariners once per week. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans on there just like yourself for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. Download the free Locker Room app currently available for all iOS devices with a beta version for down, for, for Android, rather, pardon me. Be sure to create a profile and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Locked on Mariners to be notified when my room goes live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. The Hall Pass subject today, ladies and gentlemen, is indeed a Hall of Famer, but he had to stick around the ballot all 15 years. He used up his entire eligibility and then just barely squeaked in on the last ballot, and that is Red Sox left fielder Jim Rice, the 1978 American League MVP, a season where he hit 315, led the league with a 600 slugging percentage, led the league with 213 hits, uh, 15 triples, 46 home runs, 139 runs batted in, and also 406 total bases. 25 doubles that season. He hit 39 doubles the next season. He never led the league in doubles. And those 46 home runs were a career high for Mr. Rice. Coming up, what's up with Shed Long Jr.? 
I don't know, but I'll text him after the show to see how he's doing. His guinea pig, Little Miss Pink Nose, has been under the weather lately. He's been a little touchy about it, so I've just been giving him some space. But but I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. Now this word from Lucy.co. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Reading Cherry Ice reminds me of Rio by Duran Duran, because one of the first lines was Cherry Ice Cream Smile. Never mind. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy right at this exact moment. It's convenient and discreet products that can be enjoyed everywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym while listening to Duran Duran. It's 2021, and I'm mentioning Duran Duran. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal, gang. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, so it's simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Also, I must give the following disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you ever so, Joey Martin. Continuing to talk about last night's game, this was Shed Long Jr.'s first game of the season. He came off the 60-day injured list and started at second base, hitting sixth in the lineup, I want to say. I really should have looked at that. (laughs) In any case, I thought he looked good. I thought his bat speed and timing looked pretty good. He put some good swings on the ball. How many more times am I going to say the word good? Hopefully none. He went one for four with a run scored. He did ground into that rally-killing double play in the eighth. Bases loaded, no one out. Did uh, almost had drove in a run on that play. A run scored on that play. But when a run scores on a double play, the batter is not given credit for a run batted in. Trammell also uh, followed with an RBI double right after that. But that double play still seemed to kill the momentum in that inning. However, it is really good to see Mr. Long back and seemingly back to his 2019 self rather than the way he was last year. I'm willing to bet that last year was affected by that by that leg injury. Or at least I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that's the case at least. Curious as to why he was at second base, however, and Donovan Walton was in left field. Long has much more experience as an outfielder than Sunshine Superman does, and Mr. Walton is a minor league gold glove award winner at shortstop. He's a tremendous middle infielder. Mr. Walton's arm also, it looks weak for an outfielder, even for a left fielder. But I can wager a guess as to why that was the case. Mr. Long is still being considered as the long-term second baseman. Maybe they want him to play second base because of that, even if that means moving a great defender 
out of position. Mr. Walton does not figure into the Mariners' long-term plans as a starter, but he's a very valuable utility guy. But I'm not sure he's outfield material. He looks rough out there, and he has an infielder's arm, and I can speak from experience on this one. When I would play, I was an infielder. I had an infielder's arm. I mostly played first base just because that's where I got the most practice, but I could also play a pretty good third base, and I could whip the ball across the infield pretty well. When playing the outfield, even left field, my arm was really short. I could not, I had a lot of trouble getting the ball from left field even back to the second baseman. Walton seems to have the same thing. He has an infielder's arm not suitable for the outfield. I'm not taking anything away from his infield defense, which is spectacular, but I just don't think he has the skill set necessary to play the outfield. Taylor Trammell, I want to talk about Mr. Trammell a little bit. Since his recall, he has played seven games and is slashing 280, 333, 520. He has three doubles and a home run among his seven hits. So uh, so among his seven hits, four of them have gone for extra bases. His batting average has gone from 157 to 185 in those seven games. And his strikeout percentage has vastly improved. Seven strikeouts in 25 at-bats, that's 28%. In his first stint prior to his demotion... 41 strikeouts in 83 at-bats. That's 49.4%, almost half of his at-bats. That is spectacularly bad. He really figured something out in the minor leagues, ladies and gentlemen. And he plays a very good center field. I know it's only seven games, but the results are way better. He might not only be an adequate replacement in Kyle Lewis's stead, but he might be a very good replacement in Mr. Lewis's stead. Does this improvement after coming back from the minors bode well for Jared Kelnick when he comes back up? Yeah, yeah, it does. But they're different hitters. And again, I've said this on the show before. I'm not worried about Mr. Kelnick. I've never been worried about Mr. Kelnick. This is just the beginning for him. If he were 28 and had been in the league five years, I'd be worried. But that's not the case. He's barely old enough to enjoy a doppelbock with his teammates after a game. He's got time. He'll be fine. If you have a question or a comment, please email it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com and I will reply to it on the air in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on any subject whatsoever are encouraged, highly encouraged at that. Does not need to be about the Mariners, does not need to be about baseball or sports for that matter. Anything at all, send it into LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Coming up, has a member of the Tigers coaching staff been arrested on suspicion of a series of arson fires in Gross Point dating back to the late 70s? No, 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 he hasn't. Now this word for built from Built Bar, and I, this is where I'm realizing I did not write a promo, so I'm shooting from the hip. They're the greatest protein bars in the history of something. They come in nine flavors. They're high in protein and fiber. They're low in sugary and sugary, low in sugar and calories. This is what happens when I don't write out the ads, ladies and gentlemen. They're also very high in deliciousness. Go to builtbar.com to buy some for yourself. You can buy their variety box, which has two each of those nine flavors that I mentioned, or you can compile a box of the three flavors that most intrigue you. My favorites are mint, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, and those are my two favorites. Last time I also ordered raspberry a very very good choice 
If you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Built Bar, this is where I put something funny in another corporate ad slogan, but I didn't write one, so I won't. Instead, I'll just move on to the ad for Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Hey, hey, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to, dig- to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Those were the dulcet tones of Locked On Mariners announcer Joey Martin. Big thank you to him once again. Some show notes before we get into the third segment, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow's show, not going to be an afternoon show. It's going to be an early evening show. And it'll be covering both this afternoon's game and Thursday morning's game. It's a 10, 10 a.m. start time. And that's generally when I start preparing each day's episode. So I'm going to watch the game and then do an episode covering two games, which will leave no game to cover on Friday. Also on Friday, I will not be available to record. However, I'm pretty sure we're still going to have a Friday show. I've been looking for a guest host. I think I've got it covered I will know by this evening whether or not I do have it covered, but the show will have been published by that time. So I will let you know for sure on tomorrow night's program whether or not we will have a Friday show. But I would be surprised, honestly, if we did not. Anyways, the one player who really stood out to me yesterday afternoon is J.P. Crawford. He went 3-for-4 with a walk, made a great play at shortstop to rob someone of a base hit. I forget who it was. Might have even been a double, It was kind of a leaping type catch. Very good play for Mr. Crawford. In 10 games batting leadoff this season, he's been doing very well. 359, 400, 564 slash line. Eight strikeouts and 39 at-bats. That's a strikeout percentage of 20.5%. In all other spots in the lineup, ladies and gentlemen, a 253, 314, 341 slash line. Similar strikeout rate, however, and actually a little bit less in 18.2% of his at-bats. He did well in the number six spot also in nine games there. He slashed 323, 364, 484. Much higher on base percentage from the leadoff spot. However, when leading off a ball game first at bat of the ball game, he's only slashing 222, 300, 556. He has one home run from the leadoff spot, which accounts for that high slugging average. So those numbers could improve, but overall from the leadoff spot, he's doing very well. And I like him better hitting leadoff than Mitch Hanniger. Manager strikes out too much for me to be a leadoff hitter, 26% for the season. From the leadoff spot, Manager was slashing 252, 300, 512. And that's over 32 games. Uh, in the other 27 games he's played, he's been in the number two spot, and he has slashed 259, 304, 
500. Very similar numbers, and the strikeout percentage is almost identical. The difference is hundredths of a, of a percent, so there's really no difference. Crawford, though, has become a very versatile hitter. If you pitch him inside, he can pull it with authority for a double or even a home run. If you pitch him away, he'll take it the other way for a single or even a hustle double if he serves it over the infield. He hits the ball where it is pitched, something Scott service has been stressing for a couple of months now. J.P. Crawford's been doing that all season after getting off to a very bad start. After that, he's been much better, and he hits both right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching. Actually, the stats versus right-handed pitching aren't there this season. 221 average versus right-handed pitching, 308 on base and a 331 slugging versus left-handed pitchers, however, a slash line of 370, 395, 479. All three of his home runs have come against right-handers, but eight of his 14 doubles have come against left-handers. As the season progresses, I think those numbers will even out a little bit. Remember, J.P. Crawford, not a switch hitter, but a left-handed pitcher. And so I expect those numbers versus lefties to fall a little bit, and I expect those numbers against righties to rise. But if he can hit left-handers at all, then he'll be a very valuable leadoff hitter going forward. Over his last 15 games, he is slashing 345, 397, 582. And over his last seven games, that slash line is at 462, 500, 769. He has really been coming on strong lately, ladies and gentlemen. His strikeout percentages in both of those stretches are pretty much the same as his season strikeout percentage. And since May 1st, which is, you know, a fairly large sample size, he is slashing 289, 353, 446, with a strikeout percentage of 18.2%. 10 of his 14 doubles have come since May 1st, also all three of his home runs. He's become an asset offensively. He still needs to work on throwing to first base on defense, but his hands are very good, his range is great, and he looks nice and smooth turning the double play. I dare say that he has finally turned the corner. But can he sustain it for the full season, which was the question that came up in the second half of 2019, which was supposed to be answered last year. But with last year's shortened season, it couldn't be answered. This year is the test. And I know I've said that on the show before as well. Let's see if he can sustain that for the rest of the season. Tonight's pitching matchup is Chris Flexen versus Casey Mize. Casey Mize pitched in Seattle on May 17th, and boy, was he good. Seven and two-thirds innings, three hits, one run it was earned. He did walk three. He struck out seven. That one run he gave up, by the way, was a home run. And if you want to include that start among his last four, in those last four starts, he has an earned run average of only 208. In 26 innings pitched, only four walks. And that three of them came against the Mariners. Six runs, 16 hits, 26 strikeouts, but five home runs. So that is something maybe the Mariners can take advantage of. Might be a rough afternoon of the ballpark uh, for the Mariners' offense once again, since Casey Mize is in something of a hot streak right now, seemingly. And Chris Flexen will be opposing him. This will be the first time that he's facing Detroit this season. For the season, he has a 470 earned run average with a record of 5-3, and three, a whip of 1.416, which is on 
on the high side. Still too many hits per nine innings at 10.9. Walks per nine innings for Flexen are way down from his career numbers. 1.8 per nine this season versus 4.8 for his career. In the 53 and two-thirds innings he's pitched, he's allowed six home runs, 11 walks, and he struck out 33. In his last start, which was uh, against Oakland in Seattle, pardon me, he went six innings, allowed seven hits and five runs, also a home run, walked one and struck out three. Threw a season high 98 pitches. That was a six to nothing loss. And that'll just about do it for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Again, tomorrow's show will be an early evening show covering both this afternoon's ball game and tomorrow morning's ball game. Just as Sheffield going for the Mariners tomorrow morning, Tigers still have not announced their pitcher at the time of this recording. However, tomorrow to help me talk about both of those games will be Bailey Quarters, Astro, and a pair of pruning shears. Gang, is Cisco Morris still doing those gardening spots on TV in Seattle? I always liked the way he used to say, you gotta prune those roses. People who've never been to Seattle have no idea what I'm talking about. In any case, remember to download, rate, and follow Locked On Mariners, even if you're Cisco Morris. Uh, look for us on any podcasting app you can think of. Leave a rating and review of your podcasting app of choice. So allows. Also, congratulations in retirement to former first-round draft pick uh, Riley Pint, who announced his retirement from professional baseball yesterday. He had been pitching for the Spokane Indians out of the bullpen. Uh, like I said, former first-round draft pick. Never really put it together, however. Raw stuff, but he had control problems. I saw him a couple times at Avista this, this uh, season. I liked watching him pitch, even if he did put a few too many runners on base uh, via the base on balls. Best of luck to Mr. Riley Pint in his future endeavors. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, tomorrow is an evening show, early evening show. I hope you'll join us then. I'm DC Lundberg wishing you the best of afternoons. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.